0: Well, that's uh, one of some many fun stories that we're going to share with you. Uh, I just want to share a little bit about uh, just set a set of context for our week and um, where we're headed. I think one of the things that all pastors and leaders need to be good at, and especially leaders of leaders, is this whole area that we're going to tackle called the area of self leadership. And Scripture says that God has gifted all of us, of course, in different ways, but Romans 12:6 says, since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, each of us is to exercise them accordingly. And perhaps um, the greatest spiritual gift, or maybe even a natural gift that God has given many of us, is the gift of leadership. And I know in my own life, I've always been a leader, pretty much in whatever setting I've been in since uh, junior high and high school, and and that's most likely part of your story as well, as you've um, just walked in that gift. And I know in uh, many ways, I've also found over the years that there's a lot of things that in leadership that I just do instinctively or uh, intuitively, which I'm certain comes as, as part of that gift from God. And I've also found that to be a good steward of this gift, it takes intentionality, and so um, I would I would imagine you guys have tried to learn. I know you've tried to learn as much as you can about leadership. I imagine uh, that in this room alone, we probably have a list of hundreds and maybe uh, thousands of books and articles that we've read on leadership. And then if we started to add in there, you know, all the podcasts that we've listened to and DVDs, and cassette tapes, and uh, VHS, and 8-tracks, and 8-millimeter films. Uh, it'd be a lot. And we we likely continue to do that, just, just to continue to keep trying to grow as a leader. And y- you may or may not know that as regional leaders, we're divided into two groups, and uh, as the reconfiguration happened, there was eight regions and now there's 16. And uh, so we each, these two groups have been, the 16 regions are in two groups of eight. And we each have a active member of Phil Strout's executive team coaching us. And uh, so my group of eight RLs is coached by Brian Anderson. And the other group of eight RLs is coached by Lance Pitluck. And last year at our, Installation in September when we came for training for so many of us were new regional leaders and a lot of new APs went to Maine and we had the installation of our national director our new national director and um, Brian Anderson did some training with us as RLs in this area of self-leadership and then um, I meet a couple times a year with the APs, face-to-face. And we sat down in March, and I shared it with area pastors. And as we prayed over your churches and in this region, it really became clear that God wanted us to bring it forward to you and to all the pastors and leaders in our region. And so that's kind of why we landed on uh, the art of self-leadership. And all of us are practicing our leadership gift in different roles, and whether you realize it or not, you know e- we either do it instinctively or intention- intentionally. And we practice leading others, and and also leading ourselves. And um, you know we 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 can all, though I think, learn how to be more intentional. And that's sort of I think where I want us to focus a little bit. And I've done quite a bit of just praying about this over the last five years, and I've noticed that not all leaders uh, are real intentional about leading themselves well. And it seems that sometimes there's this gap between uh, leading others, which is easier, (laughs) and then leading ourselves, which is probably the biggest challenge. And the bigger that the gap becomes between what we say and, and who we are and how well we're leading ourselves, I think our leadership gets uh, less and less effective in the, in the church and, and being able to lead other people really well. And, and so as a pastor or a leader in a local church, I think we need to be really good at this and honest about it. And it's a critical part of uh, just being a good leader. And that's why we're addressing it this week, just to, just to take an honest look at, you know, how are we doing at leading ourselves? And one way to think about your leadership is is to imagine the letter T, and this is in your booklet there, um, but you're right in the middle of the intersection of the vertical and the horizontal lines, and if you're going to be a good leader, you have to learn how to lead everyone, and so, you know, in different directions, at different particular points, and sometimes you're going to have to lead up, meaning that you're going to lead people over you at different times, and sometimes you're going to have to lead to the right or lead to the left, which might be leading your colleagues or your peers That's kind of more of a, a lateral kind of leadership, and, and a lot of the time you're going to lead the people that are following you, which is kind of leading down. And when most people talk about leadership, they usually mean leading down. And I think to be a little bit more comprehensive, uh, you know, a lot of leadership's about leading in the other directions as well. And, and sometimes you might have to lead people over you. Uh, but for me to be a good leader, I have to learn how to lead, uh, take that risk. And if God tells me to say something in a, a meeting or a, a room where there's uh, people that have spiritual authority in my life, or maybe even my own parents who, you know, as a, as a one of their daughters. I would normally submit to their leadership, but there's times when I I'm asked in my leadership gift to challenge someone in my family. Or uh, so sometimes there is that that leading up that has to happen. Um, and and the truth is I can't lead up or down or laterally effectively if I'm not leading the part right in the middle of that T myself. That's the toughest leadership challenge I think. It's to lead ourselves really well, and. You know, you're already a leader, and that's why you're here. And so you have, you have a lot of the skills to improve in self-leadership. I think that sometimes it's just taking the time to stop and have an honest evaluation that will help us kind of navigate this. And um, I think you just need God's help and a whole lot of your best honesty, get started. And as you reflect this week in God's presence, um, I'm, you know, really looking forward to doing this with you. But just asking ourselves, uh, you know, am I simply going through the motions in my leadership? Um, I've heard some of your stories. I know some of the things that you're struggling with. And is there an issue or maybe even a past experience that sort of has you handcuffed or bushwhacked or paralyzes your passion or drains your vision sometimes, just right out the bottom of you? And, you know, I think there's different times when we all need just clarity. We need clarity for life, for regaining momentum. Uh, and sometimes for me it's just the speed of my life and the complexity of how things are happening and this whole myriad of options of ministry and what I should focus on and it ends up creating confusion for me and frustration and sometimes even fear and and so some of those things I think are areas that God's going to just speak to us about. The big value of evaluating our leadership. I think you probably know, but I just want to tell you a couple of my favorite things uh, about evaluating leadership. I have mentioned this to some of you, but I stumbled on a book by Ruth Haley Barton last year and it was it's the Strengthening the Soul of Your Leadership book that she wrote. And on the back the thing that caught me, or hooked me was on the back of the book, right at the top, it said in in bold letters it was a quote from Ruth and it said, I'm tired of helping others enjoy God. I just want to enjoy God for myself. And I was kind of, you know, I, I, I saw a bit of myself in there. Because I'm really pretty good at being a caregiver. And I can get lost in helping other people figure out how to have intimacy and dependency and press into healing and really enjoying God. And I'm passionate about that. And and sometimes I just don't apply the same things I'm saying to them to my own life in that area. And so for this for me, this book has just been this really honest exploration of what happens when when spiritual leaders lose track of you know their soul and how how can I one one thing that God just continues to it presses in on me. I don't know how else to explain it, but He presses into me on leading from my authentic self. And from that place of you know my margin with Jesus and who He says I am, which I'm learning more and more how to not compromise in my own leadership, I think we can do some things to help. We can monitor and close some of the gaps between, you know, what we're teaching others and then what is reality in our own life. And I, and I hope that happens for some of us. Because sometimes we teach others about healing, but we kind of fail to get healed, especially emotionally, when things are unsettling. There's that gap. Or, uh, you know, we need physical healing, but we walk around with a limp and a chronic pain or something, and we think, well, if God really wanted to heal me, he would have. And, you know, we forget to keep getting prayer, but we're certainly going to keep asking other people to get prayer. There's a gap. Or sometimes we tell others to practice authentic community and You know, we fail to be completely honest and let let anyone pray for us when we're going through stuff. We'd rather kind of isolate what's really going on in our life and not let people come around us when we're going through. And then we tell them about it when it's done. Oh, yeah, I went through that. It was hard, but who made it. That's a gap. And sometimes we teach people, take risks. You know, you got to take risks in leadership to see the Holy Spirit come but we kind of quit taking risks, you know, a long time ago. That's a gap. And so what comes out of our mouth, it has to line up with who we are and what we do. It has to line up, or, or there's a gap. Um, the last, oh, I would say months, there's been, you know how every once in a while you stumble on something, you can feel the Holy Spirit highlighting it to you, and you're like, yeah, 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 I'm busy, I'll go there, you know, soon. But then it just calls out to you, it just calls out to you. <laughs> you just, like, can't, you get to the point where, you, you know, you, you can't even walk by the book or whatever it is you're supposed to spend some time with. I want to read you um, out of this book, The Gift of Being Yourself, The Sacred Call to Self-Discovery. It's by David G. Benner. And I'm going to read you a quote out of here because it really does set a tone for this week for us and um it's it's challenging me this 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 little book is kicking my butt uh, big time it's just challenging me and it's um, it's calling out to me to spend hours with jesus over some stuff that god is asking of me i think in my leadership but let me let me read this this quote to you leaving the self out of christian spirituality results in a spirituality that's not well grounded in experience It is therefore not well-grounded in reality. Focusing on God while failing to know ourselves deeply may produce an external form of piety, but it will always leave a gap between appearance and reality. This is dangerous to the soul of anyone. And in spiritual leadership, it can also be disastrous for those that we lead. Consider the way a lack of self-knowledge affected the life of a well-known pastor and his congregation. No one would have doubted this man's knowing of God, at least before his very public downfall. He had, a, he had built a very successful ministry around his preaching. There was no reason to suspect that he did not personally know the truths that he publicly proclaimed, nor was there any obvious reason to question his knowing of himself. Anyone who thought about the matter would probably have judged his self-understanding to be deep. His sermons often included significant self-disclosure, and he seemed to know how to be vulnerable for God. But as for many of us, all of that was more appearance than reality. The self this pastor showed to the world was a public self. He had crafted with great care. A false self... Of his own creation. Between this public self and his true experience lay an enormous chasm. Both that chasm and his inner experience lay largely outside his awareness. Wake me up, Jesus! The first thing I think is, what is going on that I'm not aware of? Right? You know, What's, what's my blind spot? What am I not seeing? And then this close, closing comment. Suddenly, the gap between his inner reality and... And, you know, it sheds this whole different light on uh, whether it's fair to blame the people in your church for not giving or serving or growing or, or getting healed it does for me. And so I think we can also create new purpose and new plans and uh, motivation. And I, and I hope we get motivated from each other's stories and from God meeting us to just be faithful, to prove ourselves faithful. John ten nine and 10 says, I am the gate. Anyone who goes through me will be cared for, will freely go in and out and find pasture. A thief is only there to steal and kill and destroy. I came so that they can have real and eternal life, more and better life than they ever dreamed of. I want the Holy Spirit to open my spiritual eyes and and highlight, help me hear what God wants to say, what God's doing. I I generally can't even... I can't even see what he's doing without the help of the Holy Spirit. I'm distracted. I'm distracted. I'm I'm, I'm blinded by disappointment, by uh, just crisis in people's lives, lives. I'm distracted by the enemy coming and telling me to focus on different things and his crazy strategies. But I can ask for the Holy Spirit to come. You can ask. We can ask together this week for the Holy Spirit to come. Open the eyes of our heart to actually see what God wants to say. What is he doing? Because we need the Spirit's help to find Jesus's face in the midst of this barrage of voices from the world and everything that's that's going on in our accumulative kind of life. And I just think that that's God's heart for us this week. Now, in a in a high performance culture, I think holding on to the margins of just being in G- with Jesus, just being face to face with Jesus. Uh, you know, to in the face of pressure. To perform all the time is one of it. I think it's a challenge. It's a great challenge for us. And I've had people say, "Well, I don't do real well when you sit. Make me sit in God's presence, and that doesn't work for me. And I like to hear God when I'm running, and uh, you know, all all kinds of things like that. And you know, I think that that's true. We all have different pathways to connect with God. Um, and and our prayer is though that this week we can kind of create just some space and some time for our heart-to-heart, our face-to-face God moments where, uh, you know, these times that will help our awareness just open up and and think about, see what, from God's perspective, he wants to say to us. See if there's any any gaps that he wants to point out to us. Um, To those of you who might struggle with uh, just, the idea of this. Uh, listen to this. Another little little quote. Another struggle for me was the feeling that meditation was a waste of time. I wanted to judge it by what I got out of it. And when I did, it often seemed to be dreadfully inefficient spiritual practice. But productivity and efficiency miss the point. Now listen to this. What God wants is simply our presence even if it feels like a waste of potentially productive time. So you're gonna hear that temptation. Well, this isn't very productive, Brenda. And you're gonna hear that. And, and, but that's what friends do together. They waste time with each other. That's called friendship, right? Good friends, simply being together it's enough without expecting to, like, get something. And, and I think from the interaction that you have, I don't think it should be any different with God. And I look forward to that. And I'm praying that you can anticipate a little bit of that and that it would actually feel less like we're giving you information and more like what we really want to do is help you just be with Jesus and hear from him what he wants to say to you. I'm going to ask Stephen Hamilton to come. Some months ago, as I was mulling over the notes, I thought, you know, what I'd love to do is lead us through some kind of group spiritual examines. And a couple years ago, God started to um, intrigue me about spiritual formation. I was learning things from uh, the Strouts and through the HLI curriculum. And I was uh, went to an MLM meeting where Mark had Michael and I participate in some uh, care that they did over some of the mission leaders that was spiritual direction for a couple of days. And I loved it. I loved all of it. Um, and I uh, had started to kind of go home and try some things with our leaders and our staff and do some group stuff. And I kind of was thinking, you know, I think, I think I can do this. And then the Lord said, no, you really need someone who's 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 really gifted at this, and so uh, he highlighted Stephen to me. Stephen uh, has come from Baltimore. He's planting a church there. I'll let him introduce him his family to you. Um, he has a wife and some lovely children, and uh, he's involved in the Justice Network. So you might his name might be familiar to you from helping to lead that. He's going to go from our week here to the summit in Chicago and be helping to lead that next week. Um, and uh, there's a number of other things. He sits on the HLI board, and he helps the HLI in all the different sites with their spiritual direction for their students. We have retreats and uh, daily things in their curriculum, and so he is our voice and helps us shape that aspect of heroic leadership, Uh, and so I'm very excited to have him come. He's had his own journey of having spiritual directors. He's now trained as a spiritual director Uh, And I'm so excited about how the Vineyard has always talked about intimacy with Jesus and dependency and uh, personal relationship and how much we want to, you know, respond to God's love for us. This is just creating a highway. It's creating pathways for us, tools for us to actually develop those kinds of relationships. So it, it really is a gift to us what God's doing from coast to coast in the area of spiritual direction. And I'm thrilled that we get to do this together. And so I've asked him to come. And uh, he's going to do something pretty much each session uh, after I share a little bit. So we're going to tandem this. And uh, I'm really excited for you guys to hear from him. And we have some mic problems, Steve. This is plan B. Uh,
1: I think the Holy Spirit's presence is so Uh, significant here that we're probably gonna need somebody to run out and get some more mics for us because they're gonna blow I'm telling you Um, I'm gonna move down here and hope that this stretches a little so I can walk a little yeah so so I'm Stephen Hamilton uh, I'm totally geeky The Midwesterner in me is totally geeking out because I was raised in the Midwest and I love kind of coming back here. I live in Maryland now, but honestly, like the summers really are awful, awful there. Cause, cause the founding fathers got cheap swampland, right? And so like the summers, it's like new Orleans hot there. It's awful anyway. Uh, so I'm loving being with you guys. Uh, I think the Lord has some significant things for us to do. Uh, and some significant time to waste. Uh, that's one of the things that I'm going to love about my time with you guys is, like, I get to f- facilitate you guys wasting time. And that's going to be so fantastic. So kind of um, let me kind of describe what we're going to kind of do. Um, it's sort of an uh, improvisation of um, if any of you have done Lectio Divina, Lectio um, Divina. We're going to do a little improv of that and tie in a little Lectio with a little examine. So it'll be reflective time. I want to talk a little bit um, as we get started. Um, As Brenda mentioned, like for some of you, they're like, oh no, deer in the headlights. I have to sit and be quiet for a while. You have to be kidding me, right? Uh, And for some of you, you're like, yes, finally, right? So... For those of you who might have a little kind of nervous energy or, you know, kind of need some sort of outlet so that, you are you know, the leg's not going all the time, um, I, I think there's some, like, simple things that we can do. We are embodied spirits, right? We are meant to have bodies. We will have resurrection bodies. We are, you know, we are embodied spirits. And so sometimes to really focus inwardly, we need to give our bodies something to do. And so usually, like, when I'm doing, like, a spiritual formation class and, I'm, and we're doing, like, some meditative prayer time or, or something like that, you know, I'll lay out some prayer beads, you know, and I'll be like, you know, there's, there's, no, there's no mojo on these or anything like that. They're just a tool to give your body something to do so that you can – so your body has a focus point so that you can focus – inwardly on the Lord. So feel free to like fumble with your pens during this time, you know, or like pick up your pen and just like move it around in your hand or something like that. Find something that you can, if you're one of those people with nervous energy, as I have prayer beads myself, uh, that my wife got me, because I have some nervous energy sometimes. Um, so feel free to do that, right? Because the, the Lord is the Spirit, and where the, where the Spirit is, there's freedom, right? And so I want to, like, this is going to be a freedom time to waste time with the Lord. We want to get face-to-face. And so what we're going to do is just, like, a launching point into encountering Jesus. And I think there's a significant thing that's going to happen that's not just you or you or you having face-to-face time with Jesus. I think that's all going to happen. But I think there's something bigger that the Lord's going to do with us all together— Uh, communally, and uh, I'll be interested to see, to discover what that, uh, what that is. So, um, let's talk about posture as we go into these times, because as I said, we're embodied spirits, right? We have bodies, they... uh, Sometimes breathe loudly. They sometimes have ticks. They have scratches. They have coughs, right? All that is perfectly fine. We're not talking about like, don't make any sound whatsoever, right? You're not going to scare the Holy Spirit away because you got to cough, you know, uh, (laughs) or anything like that, right? So, um, So the other piece is like, get comfortable, right? Um, whatever that looks like for you, within reason, I guess, right? Um, we don't want you laying down and go to sleep, although you could lay down if you wanted to, if that is helpful. Let me just throw that out there. Um, but it is about like, so the posture is not for reflection, right? It is not leaning forward. It's leaning, it's leaning back to receive, to get perspective. Um, I studied spiritual direction with Dave Nixon. Some of you might know him from, uh, from Vineyard Central in Cincinnati. And he's got this hilarious story of um, he used to pastor, I think it was a Church of Christ. Um, and they were so oriented towards engagement that they, they, they had like these yearly retreats, but they renamed them. They weren't retreats, they were advances. <laughs> which just sounds exhausting to me, right? Um, because, but, but because they thought retreat had some sort of negative connotation, right? But in retreating, what we do is we just simply step back, right? Where our posture is to step back and get perspective on the greater, on, on our lives, right? Because in spiritual direction, the the thing that your spiritual director does with you is tune into the story of your life that the Lord is telling through your life, right? And helps kind of facilitate um, and help, help raise your awareness of the Lord working in your life. And I think like in the vineyard, when we talk about like doing what the Father is doing, I think this kind of spirituality has been bubbling underneath the service for a long time. And I think it's coming to the surface because we are more and more looking for what the Father is doing, right? That's one of the things that we say we want to do. So, so posture is relaxed, it's um, retreat for, for a greater perspective, um, it's not leaning forward, it's not study, um, it's just time with the Lord, right? Um, so what we'll, what we'll usually do is Brenda will teach, and then we'll kind of read a, a piece of scripture that resonates with what she's talking about, and so we'll, we'll read that twice. We'll read it just to get familiar with that verse, and then I'll have a couple comments maybe about that. We'll read it again, and we'll have maybe um, maybe several minutes of silence to just soak in what the Lord is saying through that verse to you, right? Uh, that piece of Scripture. And then we'll go over some reflection questions, from the teaching and the examined verse um, to help you kind of engage and encounter the Lord in this practice. Okay? All right. Okay. okay, Wait a minute. So like, I'm, you know, I did my master's at the Baltimore Hebrew University, you know, and so I was like the token Gentile. Um, But what was key in the education system of the Jews is, like, it's interactive. People talk back to you. When you say Do you have a question, people ask questions. So, like, so I'm not going to, uh, it would go really badly if I just sit up here and talk to you guys. So, so is, is that all good? Yeah? Okay. Super. Fantastic. Yes. Feedback. I love it. Me and my Jewish friends. Although, you know, I had this, I had, like, the one Messianic Jew in the class with me, and, we're like, when we would come across, like, a Messianic verse, he would, like, give me the Jesus wink. Like, <laughs> you and I, we know what's happening there. <laughs> yep. Oh, thank you. All right. So, um, whatever's easiest for you, sometimes it's better to just kind of listen to the verse, to have it soak in, although some people are better at readers, so I'm, I'm going to give you the scripture. So, we're just going to launch in. <clears throat> and... Um, Let me say two more, let me say two more things about this before we launch in. So I want you to notice, so the the key to this is we're raising our awareness of ourselves, right? So this is about self-awareness. So there's no kind of like, there's no way to get an A in this. It just is what it is, right? Um, And, you know, we want to encounter the Lord, but we also um, want to notice what's happening with us. So maybe Brenda mentioned something, or maybe something in the scripture that I'm reading, or just my general affect um, bugs you, like, take notice of that. So, uh, and then that's where you start your reflection, right? Because there's something happening in you, and you're like, oh, I'm annoyed about something, or I'm, that frustrates me somehow. Um, That's where you start your reflection, right? Um, You you don't have to, it's not all, just focus on the good or focus on the bad the good and bad is whatever it is right with you do you get my do you get my drift with that okay so also i want to give you permission cuz we're talking about freedom that like this is our f- like first session and this is just kind of a to get us familiar with the whole thing and you may have rushed in here and you may need this time of silence with the lord to kind of like you know, you're, you're tired, you're on the road or whatever to kind of just, just, I would ask you just like have the Lord peel back all that junk that you've left behind, right? And just this session could be for you just to become present in this place right here with the Lord, right? So there may be no learning. There may be not like, like Brenda was saying, this may feel like a waste of time, but it, that might be exactly what you need, right? Okay, so Isaiah 40: 27 through 31. Being the good uh, Jewish graduate, I've got my Tanakh up here, uh, but I won't read it in Hebrew, although I'll have some couple comments about the Hebrew. <clears throat> so, you guys comfortable? You okay? You feel receptive posture-wise both inwardly and outwardly? That's right. Like if you need to get up and stretch, stretch. I know. Um, all right. So I'm going to read it, make a couple comments. I'm going to read it again, and we'll have a time of just silence, and then I'll give you some reflective questions, and then we're just going to have a time of silence where you can journal stuff, you can think about stuff, or you can just be with the Lord and seek his presence. So, Isaiah 40, 27 through 31. Why do you say, O Jacob? Why declare, O Israel? My way is hid from Yahweh, my cause is ignored by my God. Do you not know? Have you not heard? Yahweh is God from of old creator of the earth from the end to the end he never grows faint or weary his wisdom cannot be fathomed he gives strength to the weary fresh vigor to the spent youths may grow faint and weary and young men stumble and fall but they who trust and wait on yahweh shall renew their strength as eagles grow new wings They shall run and not grow weary. They shall march and not grow faint. So one of the interesting things here is like, so when when you hear, um, when you hear they who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength, what do you think of? I'm looking for feedback. So, kind of just shout it out. When I say renew your strength, when you wait on the Lord and you re- renew your strength, like what comes to your mind? Sleeping? Yeah, I mean that's how some people renew when you wait upon the Lord. I've, I've done prayer watches and fallen asleep, and it was the best prayer watch ever. Right? What else? Press in. Yeah. actively receive. I like that. Um, and actually, so I, I got, I'll just go with that right there. That's actually the word there for renew. In, in the Hebrew, it's kalaf, right? Which actually means, at the core, it means exchange, right? So there's a thing there where it's not our strength that's renewing. It's our strength is exchanged for his strength, Right? So let's read that again, and then we'll just kind of sit in silence with that, and seek to encounter the Lord there. Why do you say, O Jacob? Why declare, O Israel, my way is hid from Yahweh? My cause is ignored by my God. Do you not know? Have you not heard? Yahweh is God from of old, creator of the earth from end to end. He never grows faint or weary. His wisdom cannot be fathomed. He gives strength to the weary, fresh vigor to the spent. Youths may grow faint and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But they who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength as eagles upon the wings. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall march and not grow faint.